Welcome to the Free Flow Football Podcast. On today's episode, Nick and I run through the Champions League games from the midweek and we cover Atletico versus Juventus, especially in depth. And we also discuss our favorites for the Europa League. Yo. Hey. Okay, let's let's do this quick then. Okay. Okay, ready? Yep. Okay. Three, two. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Free Flow Football Podcast. I'm Heath Gamage, of course, your host, and today we're going to be going over the Champions League games from the midweek, and we're going to be going over the Europa League as well. I'm joined by Nick Delaney, as usual. Nick, how are you, man? I'm doing good. How are you, Heath? Not bad, not bad. I mean, the game week was a little bit less exciting as I expected it to be, Very especially with, yeah, especially with you know teams like Lyon, Bayern, and Barca unable to find the score sheet. But um, I mean, we're gonna start with the big, the big match of the week. Um, I mean, you know, on paper it was a toss-up between Liverpool versus Bayern and Atleti versus Juve. But after seeing the games, um, I think it's safe to say Atleti versus Juve proved to be the best game of the week uh, in terms of you know how much quality was on both sides and the scoreline as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And for you as an Atleti fan, I'm sure you agree 100. percent Oh yeah, this is uh this is kind of reminiscent of the 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 exact match that made me love them, which was when they beat uh Barcelona in the quarterfinals in 2016. Cuz I remember telling one of our friends Paul who uh was a good striker and I told him that Barcelona is definitely going to lose to Atletico and, and they won and that was the main game that made me a huge like definitely made me mm-hmm. a fan for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure this performance has won over a lot of people, just like you in other parts of the world. Um, it was a very cagey first half, you know, nobody really overcommitting, nobody taking any risks, and there were no real chances. Um, but second half, Jose Jimenez and Diego Godin, the two Uruguayan center backs, both found the score sheet, both scored through set pieces, and you know, this is a this is a huge tie because both of these sides have lost four of the last five Champions League finals. Um, together, which, you know, I mean, now both of these sides really want to win and they both want to take that next step and finally, you know, be victorious in this competition. And Juve went out and got Ronaldo. Atleti have continued doing what they're doing and and built a squad that, you know, that lives and breeds Atleti. Mm -hmm. And now with Real Madrid weekend, Barca weekend, it's a great opportunity for both of these sides, but unfortunately one has to get knocked out. And it does look like it'll be Juve now. You know, I'm not going to not going to say it's 100% going to be them, but no. signing Ronaldo was supposed to push Juve over the edge. And now he only has one goal throughout the group stage. And after, you know, the first leg of the round of 16, mm-hmm. he was pretty isolated in this game. And, you know, he couldn't really do anything. Yeah. His only real uh, two chances was one, that free kick. That was a bullet that we expect a lot from him in that that kind of range, I think, yeah, very close up. He's not a great free kick taker; doesn't have the accuracy. But when he's further away from the eighteen yard box, when he's like thirty yards out, that guy can hit the ball. And mm-hmm. and All Black made a great save. And then at the very end, in like the ninety second minute, when he had a a really 
a, a decent chance from a, a cross outside the box and he just he couldn't jump high enough mm. and get 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 his head on the ball well enough and it just hit over and yeah the the attack for Juve was very disappointing to me um Manzukic had one really one uh, heading chance and that was really it and then Dybala was just invisible I don't know where he was I don't even know if he was playing honestly I mean, <laughs> yeah he, he was he was pathetic yeah I mean Juventus um, never really showed up and um I said on Twitter that they look like a team that only started playing with each other yesterday I mean they were <laughs> they were really poor and it seems like they weren't on the same wavelength. Uh, the midfield really was was really poor, and the front three couldn't get going whatsoever. Yeah, I'm really disappointed by them because you know Massimiliano, Massimiliano Allegri has sort of built a reputation on being a, a great tactical manager, and um, he sort of you know made his name off winning matches like this and ties like this in past yeah. leagues. And I mean, they failed in this game. Um, but you know, it was it was a battle of two tactical sides, and, and you know both of these managers, Simeone and Allegri, are are you know two of the two of the best at this level, and two of the best in the Champions League, and you know they sort of cancel each other out. But the difference on the day was set pieces, which Juve really struggled with. Um, I also said this on Twitter that uh, seven of the eleven Juve players are over six foot, and the other four are over five ten. So it was yeah. an issue of height. It was an issue of organization and discipline, sort of. I mean, they were very sloppy. They couldn't clear the ball out, and it led to the, both goals. Yeah, it did. I mean, both goals were really just um, scrambles in the box, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then also, there was a disallowed goal from a, another, not a set piece, but another header. So mm-hmm. they were just kind of flat out beat in terms of. Um, aerial dueling whatever you want to call it because mm-hmm. the first goal when the first goal that counted when Murata got a head on it Manzukic blocked it yeah. and Jimenez got a, a loose ball um, the other thing I want to comment on was how disappointing the back four was for Juventus for me as well yeah I mean Benucci and Chiellini now granted the the first the disallowed goal um, Murata did have two hands on him when he pushed Chiellini, and I think, I think that's a, a fair enough um, call to make, especially in a big mm-hmm. game like that. Yeah. I think if that's a like a La Liga or Serie A game, you don't you don't call that. But for a Champions League round of sixteen tie, I think that's fair to call. Yeah, because you want you want every goal to be as legit as it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the Jimenez goal was a, just a. I didn't. I didn't think that that was a foul on Benucci when he kind of went down because he got a, a little touch to the face. Yeah, I know. Um, I thought that was in, that just just he was just kind of trying to do a, a swim move to get around him and caught him mm-hmm. in the face and I thought that was kind of poor by him. And then the uh, the second goal with Godin was Manzukic clears, or it doesn't really clear it, but he gets it out of the penalty area and then Godin gets a rebound and Ronaldo turns his back when he should have kind of you know made himself as big as he can with his arms behind his back and yeah he, he turned his back and Godin had an open net yeah it was, it was nice it was a Godin anyway <laughs> like it was off balance. it actually uh, was because I remember you remember in the in the world cup when he had a, a really close range chance and just skied it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, was just, it was like he was clearing the ball away yeah and and this one was like he kind of scissor kicked it mid air, yeah, off he, balance. Yeah. It was a nice goal. 
yeah and i mean that was my that was a glorious moment for me mm-hmm. oh my god cuz he's my favorite player of all time cuz yeah. he's he's a guy who is going to be underappreciated when he retires kind of like a, another vidic who i also yeah. the him and vidic would have been my would be my xi for all time favorite starting 11 mm-hmm. and um i mean he's going to be a very underappreciated figure and at atletico he's a he's the most decorated player for a reason exactly at that at that club and they were they're going to miss him a lot when he leaves even if he is 33 34 yeah i think he's always been a little bit underappreciated um you know he's not that flashy center back and no he hasn't really you know won anything at international level or continental level other than the europa league and and the la liga but He's actually won a Copa America, if you believe it, in 2011. Oh, right. I, I did not know that either, so for a while. Yeah, I know. He's, I always, he's always been on the World Cup teams. Yeah, I mean, he's always been there, but, I mean, there's no World Cup for him and no Champions League for him. Yeah, but, that's, that's those are the two. And honestly, the Euros would, would put a player on a map as well, I believe. Mm-hmm, yeah. But he's obviously. He yeah. <laughs> yeah, he can't win that. But, um, but he's won He's won a Copa. He's won a, a La Liga. He's won two Europe, or I think it's just the Europa League. They, he might have signed after their first Europa League triumph. But, I mean, great player. And they they that back four showed up of Juan Fran, Felipe Luis, Godin, and Jimenez. They they really showed up. Yeah, um, it was strange that Juventus didn't start um, João Cancelo, who has you know probably been the, the best right back in the world this year. Definitely. Went with Mattia De Siglio, and he you know nearly gave away a penalty to Diego Costa. Yeah. Which was called back from VAR, and you know he, I wouldn't say he was awful in the game, but you know Cancelo provides this far more you know far more positive going forward and. Yeah, his creativity from that right back position is mm-hmm. crucial to the way Juve plays sometimes in Syria. You know, I I thought maybe it was something tactical, you know, just to to keep the right back as a more defensive position in this game. But I mean, seeing the way the game went, I think they really could have used his influence on the right side, and I have no clue why he was left out. Yeah, I think uh, he's definitely going to be starting next game. I can tell mm-hmm. you that. Um. My only comment on that, because I think you're definitely right. I think he should have started, but I think maybe Deshiglio started because Allegri wanted a more disciplined, a more mm. stay-at-home right back against exactly. a, a known counter-attacking side yeah. like Atletico. That's the only the only reason I could think of for him not being not playing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, I completely agree with that. I mean, that's really the only thing I can think of as well. Um, there's nothing really he has over Cancelo like there's nothing he's really better at no I, and I think it's just his dis his like him understanding that he's not as good as Cancelo in mm-hmm. terms of attacking role so uh, like he he would definitely stay uh in his position more than Cancelo who would probably yeah, drive yeah. up the ball more who's a very good dribbler and I've been really impressed and I think he is the best right back on form right now yeah for sure I would just definitely. a phenomenal player mm-hmm. I'm um, going back to Morata's disallowed goal. Oh, I really wish that stood because I think he really, really needed that. <laughs> um, he's had a really tough year. Yeah, um, yes. And he had that disallowed goal against Real Madrid. Um, Poor guy. And then, and then, yeah, and then this disallowed goal here, which I personally think should have just they should have just left it. I mean, I don't think since the call on the field was a goal, I don't think it's enough, you know, to overturn it. It was a pretty yeah. foul, and, you know, I think Simeone said after the game that, you know, Chiellini is, is massive. I mean, he shouldn't be going down. 
yeah of like that and he was you know acting which you know is is a fair statement and i think i agree with him um with the way Morata celebrated with the way you know the crowd reacted i think it was really harsh to, to take that goal away from a player who you know I, like i said really needed it yeah He's he honestly revitalized that team when Costa missed that terrible mm-hmm. chance that he got, and uh, I, I I do agree that I think Keelini went down a little bit, um, and it's one of those fifty fifty calls where, you know, he did have two hands on the back, but I saw an argument on or a a journalist make a a comment on Twitter saying that, you know. I mean, if there's no clear evidence or if there's no if it's if it's possible that you think Chiellini could have been standing up still um, and that that wasn't a huge overbearing push, then VAR shouldn't be used or shouldn't be um, shouldn't overturn it because it's not it's not a clear enough evidence to change it. It's for clear and obvious errors, which I don't think that play fits into, really. Yeah, I I could agree with that. But I think... um, being that it's such a big game, and especially, you know, VAR is another referee, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they got to protect the investments of big teams, and Juve is a big team right now with Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. True. I mean, it's, it's poor, it is poor guide to Morata, though. I mean, yeah. two goals against both former clubs, both yeah. disallowed <laughs> off of really close, like really close call. Yeah. That offside against Real Madrid is really, really dead close and then yeah. the one against Juve is really close as well and I mean he's been playing decently well honestly if he had those two goals I would have been saying great signing because mm-hmm. those are two big game goals big yeah. big boy goals that I want to see but he he set up he's he's played well enough for me that I'm happy with the signing at the moment I think he's been a, he's gonna be even better eventually yeah I'll tell you something about Morata I mean his best quality is through the air um, I think it was 10 of 24 goals he scored for Chelsea were headers, which, you know, it doesn't seem like a lot, but, you know, I mean, that's most, I mean, that that's like, a, that's about like 40% of his goals for Chelsea were headers, and that's massive compared to, to what other strikers produce. So, like, mm-hmm. the thing with, with um, Morata is under Conte last year, they played to those strengths, you know, that Espilicueta to Morata. Oh, yeah, that worked every was, time. Yeah, it worked every time, and they played to those strengths, but under Sarri, they didn't play to those strengths at all. And Morata's form dipped completely this season. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's a, that's something you have to do if, if you want him as, as, a, as a striker or even, you know, to come off the bench. Um, you got to put in balls into the box, you know, through the air. And he can... Yeah. I mean, if they have Costa and him playing, that's a, that's a pretty good combination to get on. Mm-hmm. Morata would be the better of the two in the air, but if, say, Morata can knock it down or... Uh, like a scramble in the box and Costa can clean it up like he usually does. Mm-hmm. Via, and Griezmann's actually fairly good in the air too. But yeah. I want to get. I want to ask you a question. Do you think that moving on to the next leg in Turin, do you think that Juve have enough in them to overcome what many people argue has been the best side defensively in Europe for the past like five years? Do you think that they can overcome Atletico at home? I think they can, yeah. I think they're very capable of it. I mean, they've got Cristiano Ronaldo in their team, and you know, with that home crowd, I think it's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's probable. You know, I don't think that's right. going to happen, like most likely, but mm-hmm. definitely possible, seeing as they do have 
the greatest Champions League player of all time on their team. So, I mean, I, I like I can't rule them out. Like, I, there's no way I can rule them out right now. Yeah. With two nil, I mean, they didn't score an away goal, but I mean, they go two up at home. I mean, the ties even, right? And that's yeah. Not, I mean, two goals isn't a ton. I mean, maybe against Atleti, it is. At this stage of the Champions League, it kind of is. But I mean, once again, Ronaldo, Dybala, Mandzukic, they've got the they've got the talent to be able to do it. So. Yeah, I think if it would have been three nil, I would have. Yeah, I would have been pretty confident that Atletico would have gone through. But I'm I'm with you on that. I think when you have a player like Ronaldo, um, and and another player that I always think of that would get you out of it would be Messi as well. Like I mean, you remember when PSG was up four nothing against mm-hmm. Barcelona, and, and we said in our football group chat, you know, if there's one team that'll come back, it'll be Barcelona, and they did. Yeah. I don't think that Atletico is the type of team to give up a two nothing lead and mm-hmm. lose in a tie. They they'll I think they're going to concede, but I think they'll also score one goal at least, mm-hmm. um, which would have to, which which would mean Juve would have to score four goals. So I think if yeah. they get the away goal, that would put the the tie to rest. But mm-hmm. I'm going to give Juve in terms of a percentage. I think like a thirty five percent chance to come back, and mm-hmm. I think that's pretty high. That is very high. Yeah. I would put it around like you know twenty five thirty, but mm-hmm. I mean, let me you know saying that Atleti like if we say Atleti move on to the quarterfinals, do you think they're capable of winning the Champions League? Yes, I I think they were capable of even when they got drawn with Juventus. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're a team that when they're motivated, they are rightfully a top five side on the planet mm-hmm. along with Juventus um, Barcelona Real Madrid and Bayern I'll add in yeah. right now they're not but in the past five years they have been mm-hmm. um, I think I think easily when when Atletico can really press the team and when they take their chances I mean there's there's nobody who is better at protecting a lead and really defending I mean I remember when Arsenal played Atletico and you said I've never seen a side not make a single error defensively yeah. in 180 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they are really impeccable when they're that good defensively. And you don't see it in any other side in Europe. Juve would, would have been the second closest team and they gave yeah. away two lazy goals, which mm-hmm. does happen. It might have been a bad day for Juventus, in all fairness. And I think their midfield really let them down as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think they had that. Um, like I don't, I don't. I've never really believed Bentacor as a as a first team player. Yeah, I definitely think when Ramsey comes in, he should be starting over him. I think. So. I think Tweedy has has really dipped in terms of what he was even like two years ago. Yeah. Um, Pjanic is still world class, but I remember Calcio reporting yesterday that he was possible to miss the game due to a fever. Um, he still played, but when when a player is not even when the player's at like eighty percent of what they can be, it, it affects a lot of the game still. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think their their midfield is is a weak part of their team, um, and I think that's part of the reason they went after Ramsey so hard and you know paid him so much money. Yeah, was that you know their their midfield, midfield is very. So. I mean, my Tweedy is good with the ball. He's a good runner with the ball, but I mean, he's not really. Uh, the type of player who's going to succeed in fixtures like this, Pierre yeah. is of course world class, and Bentancur, um, 
is a bit of a hot and cold player. I mean, you know, sometimes he's he's playing really well, sometimes he's not. He's still pretty young. He's got a good physique, but I mean, like it, it's difficult to tell what kind of player he is. I mean, he's not he's not particularly like a like a a goal scorer, and he's not a particularly good defensive player. Um, it's I mean, he doesn't really have a role at the moment, and he's, the game really passed him by. And I think. Ramsey's late runs into the box will really help them next year because they don't really have anybody doing that at the moment. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they knew that their midfield is, is a little bit weak and they, they I think, along with Ramsey, they might sign somebody else. I think Kadira is going to be done um, oh, this yeah. summer. I think he's gone. And Emery Chan is not good enough for this team. So No, Emery Chan's going to always be on the bench for them, really. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. Kadira, who is actually a pretty underrated player in his own right as well, mm-hmm. Is just too injury prone to trust him. Yeah, I, just plain and simple. Yeah, and you know he's he's into his thirties now, so I think I mean his impact on um, on the pitch has sort of regressed over the last few years. So I yeah, he's, he's very close to having to move away from a club as big as Juve, where he's not going to really be able to make an impact any yeah. longer. Um, a, a bit of uh, you know, this game was really strange because. After Atleti scored the second goal, Diego Simeone, <laughs> when celebrating, was grabbing his crotch area and mm. just, just screaming at the crowd and just going off. And he said after the game that it was to show, you know, show <laughs> show everybody that that we have balls. Which you know, I mean, it, it's funny, but like it's it's true. I mean, like they sh- like Atleti showed that they have balls. Like <laughs> I can't deny. It. <laughs> I, th- I I'm sorry. That's that's inappropriate for me to do. It's just uh, funny, man. He's he's the most entertaining coach on the sidelines because I've been watching them for like four or five years, and it's it's so unsurprising that he does this. It's just he's yeah. just a he's just a bottle of energy, really. Yeah. I mean, you could you could see the team plays to how he wants. Mm-hmm. You could see that they love. Like Mourinho is a similar type of player, but negatively as a as a. As in, like, I don't know what the opposite word for optimism is. Uh, is it nepotism? Something, something along those lines. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But, but you could tell that Simeone is a very po- re- positive, reinforcement, optimistic, high intensity, energetic coach, and um, he's just elevated this club to just so many new levels. Mm-hmm. That yeah. I mean, he could grab his nuts wherever he wants. I don't care. <laughs> he's also he's he's hit a UEFA official before too. Like mm-hmm. maybe not like a punch, but like he smacked him on the shoulder. I remember on in the semifinal leg against Bayern in 2016. So yeah, yeah, he's I... got he got a red card when he played art when Atletico played Arsenal in the first leg. Mm, yeah. He got sent off like. 15 minutes later and it it didn't even matter <laughs> he's still like borgos or i believe that's the fitness coach the, i can't remember the exact uh name of the assistant coach but that very big mm. man you know who i'm talking about with the long long yeah, hair who, he is scary he's a scary, <laughs> he's a scary looking scary guy man. he's a scary yeah. man like we basically have a bunch of thugs on on the pitch we're <laughs> proud dudes <laughs> i mean yeah i i love him so much i i the day when he leaves is a sad day for me. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, he did sign a, a new contract recently. Diego yeah, I did to 2022. Yeah. It's great. It's a uh, German Burgos. That's the manager. Yeah. Burgos. I, I thought that was his name, but I mean, they got, they got something real special going on and he's going to be, is he going to be the longest tenured coach at one club in, 
Europe in the top five leagues because he's been there since 2011 and it's 2019. I think he'll be definitely up there. I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, like off the top of my head, like there's really nobody because like every club has. I mean, Change. you know, it's usually a two to three year cycle with managers, and they just yeah. Know, Especially for very, very, very big clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Wenger would have been it, but he retired yeah. last year. But Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he'd, he'd, he'd definitely be up there. There might be, like, you know, a smaller club in France or something that... That, that we, we don't... Exactly. Don't come to mind. But, yeah, he... Uh, do you think he could get suspended for that um, gesture? Uh, you know what? I don't, I don't think so. I think yeah. I think that'll be okay. I mean, I haven't heard anything about him getting suspended, and it's been a couple. It's been like a couple of Two days, days. since it happened. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, like he didn't really, you know, it wasn't like he was doing it to the UV fans or to to the UV players or managers. Like, <laughs> he's doing it to his own fans. So I, I think he was doing it to his own players actually. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. Which kind of makes it a little bit weirder, but yeah. I mean. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he, he could do whatever he wants. Yeah. He makes me laugh all the time. Yeah, I mean, also Ronaldo after the game was, you know, holding up the five, and you know, during the game, and you know, as an I have five Champions League is, and, yeah, and a, Atletico has none. Yeah, what do you think about that? It's a fair point. I mean, it is true what he says. He has five mm-hmm. Champions League. We have none. Yeah, but I mean, he lost the game. Mm-hmm. He should have. He should have hold up his other hand, put in a zero, saying that I, I'm going to score zero goals against you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, it's it's whatever. I think the fans are chanting some very inappropriate stuff to him, just like what fans are generally going to do mm-hmm. when they're trying to piss off a player. And he, t- he, got, he got rattled is really yeah. what it shows me. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I remember like two weeks ago, Bale did some kind of uh, another – rude gesture to our fans as well and i think it just shows that one fans get to big stars whether yeah. you know deep down if they acknowledge it or not and two you don't you don't really show those type of gestures to small clubs or clubs that aren't mm-hmm. aren't considered worthy of that gesture mm-hmm. yeah. so it, it kind of shows me two things one that you know they the fans got to both the yeah. players and it it shows that Atletico has finally arrived where the players will want to make controversy that they want to get at them that they want to tell them I'm better than you and mm-hmm. this and that because they're not going to do that to a team like Schalke and they're not going to do that to a team like uh, Rayo Vallecano because mm-hmm. why yeah true I think it showed a bit of um, uh, I mean it was a really petty thing to do and I think it showed a little bit of insecurity as well for Ronaldo. I mean, like what he said was true, but in those circumstances, it did look a little bit sad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like I a little mean, bit embarrassing. So, yeah, it doesn't really matter. He's just trying to save a bit of face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't really take those things to heart because I don't, re- I don't focus on what Ronaldo's done. I don't focus on what Real Madrid has done because I hear that narrative all the time as an Atletico <laughs> fan. Um. I only focus on my team and whoever, if, if Real Madrid won 30 Champions Leagues, it'd be annoying, but <laughs> it, 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 it would never ruin my day. Cause if, if we won one Champions League, that's the only Champions League final I remember in my heart. How about that? 
it's kind of a kind of a lame saying, but you get <laughs> you get the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah. My team and my success is more important than anyone yeah. else's. That's very true. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do forget that. I mean, um, you'll see all the Barca fans still, you know, abusing Ronaldo, even though he doesn't even play for Real Madrid anymore, just because yeah. you know, the Champions League he's won, you know, three yeah. straight. Obviously, a bit of jealousy involved, but you know, focus on your own team. Yeah, it's it's all jealousy, and it's all it's a bit of media narrative. Mm-hmm. I mean, they 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 push these kind of storylines where now that Ronaldo's gone to Juventus, they're instant Champions League favorites, which I thought they were. Um, but also the, the, the 10 years of El Clasico being Ronaldo versus Messi shows how deep the feelings are for both those sets of fans Mm -hmm. who are the fakest fans on the planet. Let's be real here. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's so true. true, Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, I, 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 it doesn't matter to me. I know I'm a real fan to Atletico, even though in the past that <laughs> maybe didn't start out that way. But yeah, yeah. I mean, he could he could flash his five fingers all he wants. He was doing it when Godin shot the ball when he turned away as well. If you look yeah. at it, he had five fingers up. Too mm-hmm. bad that didn't count for him. Yeah. All right, so I'll move on to Liverpool versus Bayern, which went um, on Tuesday from Anfield. Uh, again, another you know. Another pretty even game on paper. It did finish nil-nil, but Liverpool were the dominant side. I thought, in, especially in the first half, mm-hmm. the midfield dominated. Jordan Henderson was the best player on the park, which I thought was shocking. <laughs> no, I mean, like you don't think of a player with such a basic English name to be a guy bossing a Champions League game against Bayern Munich, but you know that happened. And I thought Naby Keita was quite good too. Mm-hmm. But, um. You know, that Liverpool midfield was great, as I said, but once it translated into the final third, Mane was garbage. Salah yeah. poor, and Firmino, you know, was okay at the beginning, but couldn't really get going whatsoever. Um, the thing with Bayern is, you know, the first 20, 30 minutes, they were looking, you know, for a goal. And then once the second mm-hmm. half came around, I think they sat back a bit. They took the tempo out of the game. Just sort of, they, they sort of just killed the game, basically. And I think Bayern are happy with a nil-nil draw, and Liverpool are very disappointed in a nil-nil draw, despite the fact that Bayern didn't get an away goal. Um, you know, I think this really shows how far Liverpool have come in the last few years. This is a team that finished eighth in the Premier League just three years ago, less than three years ago, actually. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, they're a Champions League finalist. They're going to be in the title race for the Premier League. And now... Nil nil against Bayern Munich is seen as a disappointing result for Liverpool, which is a a big deal because I've always considered Bayern Munich to be a part of the the big three European size Barcelona and Real Madrid are the other two. Those are the teams that I never bet against, and I still won't until proven otherwise. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean Liverpool definitely controlled the game. The stats show that they have fifteen shots to nine, um, one less corner, and fifty. 51% possession goes to Bayern, 49 to Liverpool mm-hmm. is very, very big. And they also didn't allow any shots on target, according to Goal Live, which I don't know how credible of a source that is. Yeah, to... I don't think they did. No, not at all. And, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big deal, especially for a side that's not thought of as a, a defensive master team, especially with both Fabinho and Matip as their starting center backs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, there was no Virgil van Dijk. Which um, I think put a little, I mean, put a few Liverpool fans on edge a bit. 
you know, seeing as they are playing against a clinical striker in Robert Lewandowski, but, you know, eventually Fabinho shut him down on multiple occasions, which, you know, is a credit to him and how versatile he is. I mean, he started as a right back, made his name as a defensive midfielder, and now, you know, he's capable of playing center back as well. I think he's yeah. played there a handful of times in his career, but, I mean, he has a physique for it. Clearly not the defensive news for it as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, we saw that, or I, I know, I noticed that Man City started uh, Fernandinho as a as a center back, or what what they showed on the zone that he was starting as a center back in a back four mm-hmm. shows that how good defensive midfielders can be defensively. Mm-hmm. I know that that might not sound as a big shock since that's their job, but yeah. I think when you when you take out the difference between being a, a holding midfield to a center back it's a definitely a different game and it does show how versatile and how worth it it could be investing in a player like Fabinho yeah um I think that pardon I mean especially with their height I mean those guys are pretty tall you wouldn't be able you wouldn't be seeing N'Golo Conte or Lucas Torreira playing as center backs never you can (laughs) never ever see that (laughs) that'd be pretty uh I I think if if Torreira especially was there even Conte, because they're both like what five, 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 six, respectively. Yeah, that's a nightmare for <laughs> strikers yeah, over six tough, one. You know, I mean, it's it's about defensive quality plus having the right physique for it. Yeah, yeah. As as every position is for soccer, really. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there was no goals in this game, which I yeah. am <laughs> very shocked about. Yeah. Um, do you think this has to do with you mentioned Mane being a a big bust in terms of in the final third? But do you yeah. think uh, a a type of Robert Lewandowski? Do you think that there's a little bit of um, should I say big game bust as well? You know, not showing up to the the matches that he, a player like that should. Yeah, he's had an issue with that for quite a while now. I think you know, really, ever since he left Dortmund, he's had an issue with it and. Um, again today, I, I I thought this would be a great opportunity for him to at least you know silence a bit of that narrative against No Van Dyke. I mean, against a defensive midfielder and you know basically Liverpool's third choice center or fourth choice center back actually in uh, Yo Matip, but you know couldn't get anything, couldn't get any space. I think it did have to do a little bit with how Bayern played. I mean, they played very balanced football, played very you know slow i mean they didn't you know they didn't go all attacking and he did get a good opportunity in the first half um it's pretty early in the game i think serge ganabry made a great run around robertson crossed it in and then Lewandowski got uh, his foot to it but it went straight to allison who made a great save he didn't really know anything about it It sort of just came at him hit him in the shoulder and went over but other than that Lewandowski really got nothing Mm -hmm. and i think you know at his age it's gonna be very hard to shut down these these talks about him being a big game bottler because, I mean, he hasn't been able to take Poland to a new level despite him being this, you know, $100 million striker for the last five, six years. Mm-hmm. His national team has gone nowhere. I mean, keep struggling to get out group stage in tournaments. Um, they did get to quarterfinals in the Euro 2016. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit to him. Yeah, but, but they beat Switzerland but, penalties, right? And Yeah, that, that, is, that is the question of quality of opponent. Yeah. Um, even even then, I mean, they weren't like a. He wasn't scoring many goals. I don't think. No. He, he think always so. scores in those qualifiers. That's where he just stat pads. And then the real <laughs> tournament, he just doesn't really show up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting how 
one player can be so dominant in a league slash qualifier. And then mm. when it comes to the big tournament, you know, the big stage, yeah. you know, it's either it's this, that, and in between. We don't know where he's at. We don't know what he's doing. And we don't know how he's not scoring. Yeah. And he I wasn't, have... he, he scored a hat trick in the semifinals against uh, Real Madrid mm-hmm. in the Champions yeah. League at Dortmund. Yeah. Um, I just, it's it's kind of shocking, especially since I like that type of build on my striker. You know, six yeah, two. Yeah. He can dribble. He can head the ball. He's not particularly super fast. He's not like a like my perfect striker would be a, a Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fast, powerful, can shoot the ball anywhere. Can head the ball. Mm-hmm. Can dribble. Can yeah. make plays. But Lewandowski fits most of those bills, and just he doesn't have that clutch gene as people yeah. some people say. Yeah, I mean, like Bayern Munich have sort of stumbled at the final hurdle in Champions League ever since they won in 2013. I mean, it's always been quarterfinals, semifinals. Yeah. The final since then. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of that has to do with Lewandowski failing to deliver in the latter stages of the Champions League. Yeah. So, I mean, now at his age, like I said, it's going to be very difficult to, to change this narrative. And I think, you know, I think he's stuck with it unless maybe he puts in a huge performance uh, in this second leg or if they advance, then, you know, somewhere in the Champions League, maybe next year. But, it's been a few years now where he's really failed to, to fit the bill to make the yeah. mm-hmm. All right, so we can move on to Barcelona versus Leon. Um, even in this game, there's not too much to talk about. I mean, another disappointing one. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm flat out disappointed. Yeah, Leon are a good attacking side, and Barcelona have Lionel Messi, Usman Dembele. So you expect goals in this one, just like you expect them in the last one. Yeah, uh, but you know nothing. And the big talking point out of this was Luis Suarez, Ooh, um, who has Louis. been really, really poor of late over the past month, month and a half. I think it's five or six games now that he hasn't gotten a goal, which you know isn't a huge deal for a striker. But on top of not scoring, he's put in awful performances. You know, mm-hmm. It's not a case of you know he's doing he's doing a lot for the team, but he's not finding the back of the back of the net. You know, which a lot of strikers go through. It's uh, you know he's making the team worse when he's on the pitch. And at his age now, 32, is this drought something to worry about? I think I think it definitely could be, especially if it goes on for another two weeks or so. Um, I don't I generally don't question players who are a top five striker and mm-hmm. the best striker that ever I've ever watched. Yeah. Um, yeah. because I don't count Ronaldo and Messi as strikers. I count them as best players, period. Mm-hmm. But uh, as a pure striker, I think Suarez has been the best striker that I've watched in the five or six years that I've uh, been watching football. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a, it can be a, a big concern. Um, I don't think Barcelona are going to be um, thinking of selling him. But if the right offer comes, possibly. Um, I don't know if Ernesto Valverde is the right manager for him. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he has scored 15 goals in La Liga, but I don't think that's enough for a player of his talent. And, you know, it's not, it's not the fact that he's not scoring or anything like that. Although he hasn't, like you said, he's been very poor in the past six to eight weeks or four to six weeks, but it's, you know, he, he's Luis Suarez, you know, he, mm-hmm. he was on the, he was MSN. They were the best attacking trio the world had ever seen. And now, you know, he's, he's, he's just kind of going invisible and, and getting mocked 
very badly. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people want to see that player fail because no, not a lot of people like Suarez. Yeah. Um, I mean, so it is, it is a very big concern because you can't just depend on Messi because Messi yeah. is a big game player because he's just that good. But there yeah. are, there have been games where he's, he hasn't been, he hasn't lived up to his expectation as well. I mean, Roma scoring three goals should never happen when you have a player like that. Mm-hmm. And he just had a bad game that game. Yeah. I'm looking at Suarez's stats right now, and, you know, this is a player who scored 59 goals in the 2015-16 season. So, I mean, that was his, that was his prime. Those four years, um, 2012 to 20, you know, to 2016, mm-hmm. were the years. Um, his peak was, as I said, 2015-16 with 59 goals. 2016-17, 37 goals. This is all competitions, by the way. 2017-18, 31 goals. Mm-hmm. And now this year, he has 16 through 33 games, which is on pace – for about 21, 22, 23 goals-ish. Which so, is still so, very good, but... Yeah, but it's not, dropping. It's dropping, yeah, it's dropping every year. It just, it's quite similar to Gonzalo Higuain's situation, you know, where three years ago he was a... You know, he scored the most goals a player has ever scored in Serie A. Mm-hmm. And now it's just dwindling, dwindling, and now he has, I think, 10 goals this season, 30-something games. So, I mean, this happens to strikers over the course of, you know, their early 30s. I think we could be seeing the last of Suarez at a world-class level this year. Yeah. Next year, he might drop off. And I think Barcelona might realize this and go out and sign a striker in the summer that can glow into a world-class player. I know mm-hmm. they've been linked with uh, Luka Jovic from uh, Frankfurt, who's on loan from Benfica, who is putting up unbelievable numbers in the Bundesliga. And uh, you know, and in Europe League. Actually, yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah, But I do think that might be, a, a, you know, he might be biting off a bit more than he can chew if he does move to Barcelona. I, I agree with that as well. I don't. I don't mm-hmm. think you can you can trust those one players like those mm-hmm. huge one season wonders. Although we've been proven wrong when it's like uh, like a Harry Kane yeah. is is the one who always springs to mind. But mm-hmm. um, I think I think they'll definitely keep Suarez, and they 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 won't be um, they won't be considerably panicking about him because he what he's done for that club and and how good he's been for them, and also. You gotta remember he's he's bit people at World Cups mm-hmm. and in the Premier League and in the Eredivisie, <laughs> and he doesn't really have that in Spain. Like yeah. they definitely kept him level-headed. Yeah. Also, the racist incident with Patrice Evra was a big one that uh, yeah made a lot of people turn on him. Regardless yeah. of how good a player he is, you know those incidents leave a mark on your record. And oh yeah, they definitely do. Now, you know, majority of people, like you said, don't really like Suarez. Yeah, they they don't. He's he's the Sergio Ramos of <laughs> of uh, Barcelona or the Diego Costa of of uh, Barcelona. I mean, he he is their villain, mm-hmm. essentially. So, like a few months ago, I think you said that Suarez is the best striker in the world. You don't agree with that anymore. I mean, form wise, definitely not. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think he's a top three striker. Him, Lewandowski, and Harry Kane. Yeah. Um. I mean, Ronaldo has been playing as a striker, but like I said before, I I don't I don't count him as a striker. I count him as a as a forward essentially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he I mean he's not showing up for the biggest games anymore. Yeah, sixteen um, straight Champions League away games he hasn't scored in, which is goes a, all which, the way back to three years ago. So yeah, and those are generally away games are 
bigger games than home games because you don't have that support. You don't have that extra energy that the fans always create. Yeah, and away goals are massive in Champions League. So Yeah. I mean, if if you say he's only scored 16 goals in all competitions and I said that he scored 15 La Liga goals, that means he's only scored one goal outside of La Liga and I assume that would be counted from the Copa del Rey. Yeah, it is. And um, that's that's not acceptable for a player like that. So, I mean, yeah, Kane or Lewandowski are probably better. I still think Suarez is a top three, top five, maybe not on form, but in terms of talent and overall how good he is, I think he's that good. I think Griezmann and and Aguero are just under him. But um, like I said, I I think slowly but surely he's, he he's fading a little bit, which is understandable. Thirty-two years mm-hmm. old as a striker, a lot of wear and tear, a lot of big games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody. There's always a time and place when when your career starts to go down, and it seems as though Chewy Louie is is going down slowly. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I, w- I would agree with you. I think he's still around the top three to top five mark. I think it's it's you know Kane, Lewandowski, Suarez, like you said. And then after that, Cavani, Icardi. Aguero, uh, blanking like uh, Firmino, I think would be up there as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there aren't a ton of top quality strikers. I mean, I would probably try and shoehorn guys like uh, like Aubameyang into and Benzema for sure into that top ten somewhere, maybe top fifteen. But what about Griezmann? Yeah, him as well. I mean, sometimes I don't really consider him a striker. If you want to, like, if if you're making like a list, if you want to put a category for like second strikers, maybe where you could put guys like Dybala, Deli Ali. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then, then you know, I, then, then maybe yeah. you slot. No, him I in. agree with you on that. Yeah. I, agree with you on that. I mean, I wouldn't call him a classic number nine. Diego Costa would be up there for me as well, even mm-hmm. though he's not really been. In he's been like so piss poor. He's been yeah. terrible this year. He's scored yeah. in big games, but he's been he's been very very bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I don't think Suarez has dropped down far enough to be considered among guys like no, the level yet. Below, so, you know it's it's a it's a time that Barcelona should be cautious and be very alert about how he's playing mm-hmm. and and to start wondering what's the backup plan like what yeah. are we going to do to Definitely, fix yeah. this i mean they let Paco Alcácer go who i think you know could have been maybe a good backup option for them seeing mm-hmm. how well he's done at Dortmund, but I think the goals have started to dry up for him a little bit as well. Yeah. And they let him and, go permanently. So, I mean, he's, well, out, of, he's out of the there's, Yeah, there's no, there's no turning back now, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, speaking of strikers and Sergio Aguero, he scored the opening goal in Man City's game against Schalke on Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, was a, a, a strange game because, I mean, Schalke are sitting 14th in the Bundesliga and nobody really gave them a chance, us included, Yes. But they went ahead in this game. Sergio Aguero scored the opening goal, but then two stupid penalties in Man City gave away. Yeah. Uh, Schalke to lead. And uh, it was Nabil Bentaleb who converted both. And then Nico Otamendi got a red card in the second half while City were down. You know, yeah. Won, and then we're thinking, oh my God, Schalke are going to win this game. I mean, it's at home. They got an extra man. They're already winning. How could they not at least you know, draw this game? You know, it would be huge if they can get a result here. But mm-hmm. Leroy Sané against his former side came off the bench, scored a world class free kick. That's got to be goal of the week. Yeah, for sure. I, no question. And then Raheem Sterling won the game late, 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 oh. with Ederson 
assisting somehow. Yeah. And the left back sort of just fell over. Terrible defending. Through, yeah, went through a nice finish. Um, I mean, City won this game. They grabbed three away goals. Uh, so, I mean, this this game didn't go according to plan for Man City. I mean, with the way they gave out two goals. But they won the game, and I think they still move on comfortably. Yeah, I agree. I think they get they get their act together. Um, they don't make a stupid shirt pull when they're doing a long free kick, like what Fernandinho did to give up that penalty. And then Otamendi doesn't leave his hands out like that. I mean, he won't be playing the next game, and company will definitely make that back line a lot more sturdy. Yeah. Um, I mean, without his injuries, company has been a, a world class center back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think you're right. I think I think Man City still still gets it done, but I think Schalke is going to give up a better fight than than I thought. This game has kind of proven it. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect Schalke to to really try and go for it. Um, in my mind, I think it can go two ways: either the one that I just said, where Schalke gives them a very good go, or Man City just blasts them out of the water, yeah. like makes makes them know makes Europe know that they're in it to win it. Yeah, I think the latter option is is more likely seeing how poor Schalke have played this year and seeing how talented Man City are and you know with that home crowd I think they could be devastating in that game in the return leg. But I mean Man City 100 points in the Premier League last year. Um they're definitely in it to win the the Premier League this year and they have a good chance even though Liverpool has done done well to you know be at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, last year they fell to Liverpool in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. This year they want to make that step. Seeing you know, like we said before, with Juve and Atleti, with Barcelona playing poorly, with Real Madrid playing poorly, um, Man City, with the money they spent, with the quality of their squad, should be a team that can win the Champions League. But are they? That's the question. Hmm. It's a. Uh... It's a fair question. I mean, obviously, it's a fair question to ask, but I honestly don't think so. And I, I say that as in, like, I think semifinals, there's, they'll show a crack. The players, not the manager, but the players will show something that just it, it won't get the job done. Um, and maybe that's, for me, lacking a bit of knowledge on Manchester City. I haven't watched a huge extensive amount, only highlights of them really for the past two years under Pep. Um, I also think that, you know, Pep's managed three massive clubs at Barcelona, Bayern Munich and Manchester City. Only one club he's won a Champions League with. And it was with the best player arguably of all time when Messi was just a a god. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was he was that good. Yeah. And and you know they, he failed every time at Bayern, um, and I think I think the this Bayern squad is is similar to Manchester City, although they they play in a, a lot more competitive league. And I think when you play in a competitive league, mm-hmm. you are elevated by that competition. Oh, for sure, yeah. So, with that being said, I like I th- I think that they definitely have to prove it to me. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. I think semifinals, quarterfinals, I'm expecting from them. Yeah, I'm expecting a run to the semifinals, personally. I mean, depending on who they draw, of course. But um, looking at it, you know, taking the draw out of the question, I think the level 
says semifinals, but mm-hmm. I'm not convinced that it says winning. Yeah, I'm, like they've got they've got amazing players in every every position, but there's just something about it that that doesn't seem right for this yeah. level. Um, mm-hmm. Pep tends to tinker a lot with the squad. I mean, he'll throw Fernandinho at center back. He'll throw Laporte left back. He'll change the formation. He'll go with a back three. Then yeah. he'll go with a, a midfield five. He just, I think he just changes things a little too much. I mean, last season it was four three three all the way. It was you know, um, uh, Otamendi Stones company playing in the in the at center back, left back it was Delph Zinchenko, right back Walker, and the midfield it was always. Um, Fernandinho at the base, De Bruyne, David Silva, and then out wide it would be Sané, Sterling slash Bernardo up front, Jesus slash Aguero. That was always it. It was always four three three, and this year he keeps changing things and it slows down the team. They've put in a couple poor poor performances this year in some games. Um, you know, I, I I think of that Chelsea game where he tinkered a little bit too much and they got they got crushed on the counter attack and uh, lost their first game of the season. I mean, I just think he has to find a formula that works and just stick with it, just like he did last year that made them so successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, like he tinkered in this game. I don't understand why he had to do that. Yeah. Like, like why does Fernandinho have to play center back? Like, just, just stick with the team that you always go with, and you're gonna win. I mean. Yeah, I mean, Le- Le- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, Laporte, Laporte is a is a is a world class center back. Yeah. He who, who he if he to be fair he can play left back, but. Why? Yeah, I mean, is is Danilo that bad of a left back? Is Kyle, yeah. can Kyle Walker not play on the left side and just be a yeah. a real defensive, you know, a defensive fullback? Like, I mean, we we get it, Pep. You're you're a phenomenal coach. Yeah. You're an innovator, but you know, just it's Schalke, bud. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, like he's got to stick with something, and playing Laporte at left back is really stupid because he's at left center back. He's fantastic, and he doesn't provide the attacking options that even you know Zinchenko can offer from that left back. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like playing, I don't think Otamendi can start for this team anymore. He was good last year, but Stones and Laporte are better center backs than he is, and mm-hmm. I think you could argue company is as well. So. I mean, I get it. They have a Carabao Cup final this weekend, which probably paid, played a little bit of, you know, a, l- a little part in his team selection in this game. Oof. But I mean, Champions League is much if, bigger. Than if Carabao. I was an owner, I would be very, I would be very upset if I heard that because yeah. I, I would value a round of, I would value a group stage game over a Carabao Cup yeah. final. I, I don't, I don't count that competition as any anything really, yeah. other than just kind of a another silverware. That's mm-hmm. it. And that's really it. But yeah, but, I think uh, they need to show us something more mm-hmm. in, in Champions League at least. I, I'm hoping they get drawn against a big team in the next round just so we can see how they stack up. Do you want to see if Do you want to see if Pep's a bald broad? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, come on, like he's 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 a. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just taking I'm just taking a piss about it. I know that an Irish um, newspaper called him a, a bald. Yeah foreign fraud which isn't true so mean we know it's we know it's true and we know that's mean but i mean like i said he's only won a champions league with messi when he was essentially just the second coming and now Mm -hmm. you know he's got to prove it again in Mm -hmm. in some people's minds he's the best manager of all time but you gotta you gotta prove it with other teams as well when you move Mm -hmm. you know if you if he stayed at barcelona his whole career 
you know, that's fine. And we get it. You, you, it's it's easy to want to stay at Barcelona, but yeah. when you move, you got to prove it as well. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we can move on to the Europa League. We're not going to go through every matchup since that is way too much football to to cover. But, yeah. you know, there's 16 teams that have made it to the round of 16 now. Chelsea, Arsenal, Villarreal, Inter, Napoli, Frankfurt, Sevilla, Zenit, Dinamo Zagreb, Krasnodar, Rennes, Kiev, Benfica, Salzburg, Slavia Praha, and Valencia. Um, the draw is tomorrow. Which teams, I mean, which matchups would you want to see? Because these are all very strong teams, and I think there are a lot of matchups here that could, you know, stir the pot a little bit and, and create some friction in, in this round of 16. Mm-hmm. I think um, I want to save my mouth-watering draws for the quarterfinals and semifinals. Mm-hmm. Um the, I have six favorites, which is what I like to see from a, a second-tier um, competition in the Europa League, which is still a very respectable league, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be Inter, Napoli, uh, Sevilla, Valencia, and Chelsea, Arsenal, who are my yeah. six favorites. Um, Villarreal, Benfica, Frankfurt, and... I could I could go you could convince me that Zenit is a dark horse. I think those are the dark horses. Um Salzburg could also be as well. Mm-hmm. Um but I would think I would want to see type of game like Inter versus Zenit. I think that would be a fun matchup. Benfica versus Valencia, uh Salzburg mm-hmm. versus Napoli. I'd like to see if Napoli can I think it was I think Napoli was knocked out by Salzburg last year, so I would I believe that's right. I don't think Leipzig beat them, but I think I can't remember which one of the Rosenbull clubs beat them. Yeah, <laughs> but I still would want to see Salzburg versus Napoli since they crushed Club Bruges, and uh, I think I think Arsenal versus Villarreal would be yeah. a would be a, a heartwarming experience to see uh, Cazorla get that standing ovation he deserves from the Arsenal that, fans. Yeah, I mean, as an Arsenal fan, that is something I really want to see. I mean. He's, I mean, honestly, like looking at his statistics, I think they made a poor decision in letting him go because, I mean, like even Javier Real, I mean, I know the La Liga is, is a little bit less um, physical as the Premier League, but I think he could have survived at Arsenal for another year. Mm-hmm. Seeing as he has more goals and assists than it will be Mkhitaryan, you know, obviously Dennis Suarez and those guys. I mean, like, I think Cazorla could have played a part at Arsenal, but, you know, I understand that it was his time to, to move on and, and find something fresh for for his return to football after that injury. Mm-hmm. But I do think he, you know, he's Arsenal through and through, and I think he would love to come back to the Emirates. And I think the Emirates would love to have him back as well. And, you know, he's been, he was a great servant to the club, and he was a fan favorite. So I do think that would be the matchup that I really, really want to see. But, you know, other than that, you know, I, I do hope that Arsenal-Chelsea... Inter and Napoli avoid each other for now, mm-hmm. as I, I do think those are the four favorites for the competition, and I would love to see them play in latter rounds. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I want to see, I want to see one of those four though play a club like Sevilla, Valencia, or Benfica, just just as a test. You know, I don't want to see. I mean, like, am I really going to tune into Chelsea versus Slavia Praha? Not really. You know, no, not really. So I I do want to see these clubs. Arsenal, Chelsea, Inter, Napoli play teams that are just a level below them. Yeah, see, so, see, see which club could could get upset because I don't think 
I named six favorites. You named four. I don't think we'll get to see um, even even three of of the six that I named and two of the four that you named in the semifinals. I think yeah. I think a couple of them are going to get upset, which is the great thing about this um, competition is each club is kind of at the same level that you'd expect everyone yeah. else to be in some way or another. Yeah. Um, obviously, Atletico last year was a different story. They yeah. just kind of blew through it. But I think this year is definitely a lot more exciting than it was last year. Even though last year I was intrigued yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, last year Napoli and Dortmund got knocked out in the latter rounds. And, you know, as we went on, we were really, I mean, everybody was, you know, thinking, okay, it's going to be either Atletico Madrid or Arsenal. Yeah. Which you know, proved to be correct. They met in the semifinals and uh, Atletico Madrid just scraped by. And then obviously once they got to the final against Marseille, I think regardless of who made it through Arsenal or Atleti, you would have expected them to win that game. Yeah, they would have been famous. This year, I mean, I can't predict it because Chelsea are playing poorly. Um, Arsenal, I wouldn't say are playing poorly, but, I mean, they're not as good a team on paper as Chelsea, Napoli, mm-hmm. or Inter are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inter's playing poorly. Napoli is at the same level they, they've always been. And they yeah. have a Champions League group, which, you know, they, they battle admiringly. And Inter yeah. as well had a tough group. And, you know, those teams are very good. Sevilla, I think, could upset any of the four. Yeah, I think Sevilla is a, is a big, big dark horse for this. Mm-hmm. this um, or maybe not. I, I think they're a big favorite, actually. I think they're them, Inter, and uh, I'm going to go with Chelsea just because Hazard is that good. Mm-hmm. I think those are the top three favorites, in my opinion. Yeah. I think I Na- go, go Napoli, Inter, and Chelsea. Yeah. And then I think Arsenal and Sevilla would be just a level below that. Yeah. I think Valencia, if you asked me two months ago if, if I think they could win the Europa League, I would have said no. But now <laughs> their their form is coming back. Um, Gamero is playing really well for them as a substitute off the bench. And yeah. I was disappointed in Bashuai, but clearly they made the right decision in letting him go. Yeah. All right, Nick. Well, thank you so much for joining me once again on the Free Flow Football Podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Mahith. All right, guys. So that was this episode. We covered Atleti versus Juve, Liverpool, Bayern, Barcelona, Schalke, Man City, and then picked our favorites for the UEFA Europa League. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Um, check out our YouTube channel because I just uploaded our very first video and there's going to be more coming out. It's a scout report on Arsenal's Matteo Guendouzi, who's a player I really, really, really love. Um, of course, check out the website. You can follow us on Twitter at Freeflow Blog. You can follow me at Mahith Kamaj. Thank you guys so much for listening.